Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. KXNO Des Moines. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook at Wild Rose Studios. This is 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. 11 o'clock hour. Miller and Condon take you until noon. Good luck here coming up with the Chiefs hosting the Minnesota Vikings. Nick Athen momentarily. Ted Glover on the Vikings will follow Nick in here. Bama Bob, Trent, and I will go around the marquee games in college football this weekend. We'll give you an opportunity to win some barbecue from Claxons. And uh, Iowa Real Estate at Iowa Real Estate Charterhouse Realty sponsors Trent and I picks uh, before we get out of here at noon. Nick Athen joins the program. Hello, Nick Athen. Good to speak with you. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How about you guys? Doing well. You know, Nick, it was crazy when you compare last week to this week. The the buzz around Mahomes, he's practicing, mm-hmm. he's going to play. There's no doubt yep. about it. He's 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 healed way faster than anybody thought. Then he was out, then he was then he didn't play, but this week it's been real quiet. Do you get that same sense that uh <laughs> that for whatever reason they've decided to keep this under wraps? And what are you hearing about Pat Mahomes this week? You know, it's it's been interesting because I really haven't heard that much. I mean, I've seen the video of him sprinting and cutting, and you know, he, in my opinion, he's good to go. He can play this weekend if the if the Chiefs, you know, deem uh, you know that, that they have to have him to beat the Vikings because I think this is an absolute must game for the Chiefs. And they have to win this game. Um, so I, I think there's a good chance. I think Andy will announce it here shortly uh, what he's ultimately going to do. But uh, if it, if it was up to Mahomes. Uh, you know, he would play this week. He would have played last week. And, in fact, I think he said on the broadcast, if this was a playoff game, he would have gone. <clears throat> I think he would have been just fine. So um, it was a, it was a, a, something that they're just going to have to take a look at the big picture. But based on the way the division is folding, the AFC is folding, I, I don't think they can afford to lose four games in a row at home. It's certainly looking that way. What team concerns you the most <laughs> in the AFC West with that? Raiders have been better than many people anticipated. The Chargers, we know they have talent. Which one uh, concerns you most as it pertains to winning that division title? I hate to say this. It just sounds so wrong, but I think the Raiders... <laughs> I do, too. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. I think the Raiders, just because, you know, if Carr plays within himself, in himself, they're a, good, they're a better football team than the Broncos or the Chargers. The Chargers have all the talent in the world. You know, they've got a lot of injuries. You know, now they just fired their offensive coordinator. They they got chaos going on right now between Phillip Rivers and the rest of the team. And now there's talk that they're going to dump Rivers at the end of this year. So, you know, all those things being said, the Chargers probably have the most talent. But the Raiders, you know, I think after this, I think they're finally at home this week. You know, they've been on the road for, what, six weeks? Mm-hmm. Um, four road games and a bye week. And one of those in London. You know, so you know, we'll see what they're made of. I mean, 
you know, they still were trying to dump players, and they've dumped a couple of good players in trades. So um, I, I think Gruden is just kind of doing what he has to do to grind it out. It'll be interesting to see if they get Josh Gordon today. I, I, I would assume that the Raiders are the team that are probably going to pick him up, um, you know, just to give them another edge and, and to kind of prove that they can they can take a malcontent and turn him into something. So, uh, But they scare me the most only because I think they're the, the – I, I, they're, they're just the unknown. Uh, is there any chance that uh, the Gordon falls to the Chiefs? And if he does, would they be uh, would they be interested? Oh, I think definitely. They've 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 been in love with Josh Gordon since he did, since he was available in the draft as an organization. I, I wouldn't be surprised one bit if the Chiefs at least put a claim in. Now, mm-hmm. fortunately for them, you know they're not they're not at the bottom end, so they're 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 in the twenty range. It's a possibility. I would love to see it. I think he's a perfect addition. I think a guy like Robinson, uh, Demarcus Robinson, has really not played well since the Raiders game. You know, he just hasn't been running the same routes, hasn't been getting open. You know, you put you put Gordon into this mix, and I'm like, holy smoke! Um, you know, that maybe gives them the edge. You know, to face a Patriots team in January, and I think I think Kansas City wants to get a Patriots guy on the roster. Um, and I would not be surprised if they if they did put a claim in for him. Good luck keeping him around till January. Unfortunately, <laughs> really? that's the other well, yeah. 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 You know, we didn't you didn't ask me that question. <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> hey, uh, the running game. There, there's another wide receiver, another weapon for Mahomes and company. But the running game certainly hasn't been what we saw last year with a number of different running backs that have been good. McCoy Shady has been probably the best of the bunch, but he's putting the ball on the turf. Your thoughts on the running game and what it can be going forward? Well, I mean. I don't like the way the Chiefs are not utilizing the Williams boys. Um, you know, I, I think you know one is a is a is a good you know every down back. The other is a bruiser. Um, you know, they they've had success, uh, but Damian's been in the doghouse. That's one of the reasons why he's he hasn't been starting over McCoy. And I'm not really sure what the what the disconnect is. Um, but you know, they they have to rely more on the running game. They're going to have to do sweeps and pulls and. And more screen passes to the backs. I mean, they're going to have to get them far more involved. That's only going to loose up the secondary because, I mean, listen, all these teams are going to play the same defense at Kansas City. They're just going to man up on the outside, and uh, and, and they're just going to hope the Chiefs can't run the football, and they're just going to come after Mahomes. And until they start running the ball, um, that, that scheme is not going to switch or change, and they have to find a way to uh, start running that football. Um, so, I mean, they have the guys by committee. I mean, they were in the Lavian Bond uh, Bell sweepstakes, uh, clearly. They just couldn't pull off anything. I, I don't think they were serious about it, but, um, you know, they clearly that tells me they aren't satisfied. But I think some of this has to do with coaching. Hmm. Uh, give me 30 seconds, Nick, before we run out of time here. There's, Spagnola seems to be, he's blitzing his linebackers, Hitchens, delayed blitzes, Raglan, and it seems to be working. Uh, that's something that's relatively new for this Chiefs team. Yeah, you know, in the in the in the day, back in my day, the the linebackers controlled everything, and uh, I, I like what Spags is doing. I, I I think, you know, taking Raglan off the bench and putting him on the field, um, he's more physical. When he's on the field, his defense is better. Uh, again, I don't know what the doghouse situation was early in the season. Mm-hmm. He was on the trade block. I'm certainly glad they kept him. But yeah, if the Chiefs are going to be successful defensively, especially considering again all the injuries. You know, Clark and Jones, uh, you know, have been out. Yeah. Uh, they lost their defensive end last week. I mean, they're just like, okay, what are we going to do to bring pressure? If they just bring pressure, I mean, look, look at the cornerbacks. I mean, they played, they played really well. Um, you know, considering some of the, you know, the picture perfect throws that other quarterbacks have had to make, but, 
you know, I, I like the, what the cornerbacks are doing, and I think they're strong at the linebacker position when they are aggressive. When they sit back, you know, if you blitz and don't have press coverage, obviously, you know, it doesn't work. And I think that's the one thing Spags has to learn. They would have beaten the Packers had they played press coverage and done the linebacker blitzes. They just gave, you know, uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers way too much room. And he picked know. on a Ben Neiman. He exploited Ben Neiman. Yeah, Neiman's terrible. He should not be on the roster. I mean, that's just, the guy just can't cover. And so, you know, they've got other guys, and they're going to have to bring their linebackers a little differently. But I like the aggressive style. I like the fact that he changed it up. You know, our old uh, defensive coordinator would never have done that. He would have waited four, five, six games. Um, so at least you saw the mentality change from the first quarter to the second quarter uh, when Spag said, okay, we're going to have to do something different. So, um, listen, this defense is not bad. It's not awful. It's not, it's not, it's not a 25 to 30. When the horses come back, I think this is going to be a defense in December. In January, it's going to be really tough. Nick, we'll talk to you next week in advance of the Titans. Thank you, Nick Affin. All right, guys, thanks for having me on. Yeah, good to talk to you. Yeah, you too. You can follow Nick at uh, ChiefsInsider.com. Let's get Ted Glover, get his side of the of the game. He uh, covers the Vikings, DailyNorseman.com. Uh, good to talk to you, Ted. Uh, Nick Athen, uh, we just had on, he thinks Patrick Mahomes is going to play. He's listed as doubtful. He's had a really quiet week. What do the Vikings expect? Do they expect to see Mahomes? I, I think they're preparing for both. I, I, if you're not, you're, you're not doing your team as uh you're not doing your team any favors. I would kind of expect they'd want to sit him maybe one more week. I, I don't, but I, I don't know. If he plays, he plays. If he doesn't play, he doesn't play. It's still, whether it's Mahomes or, or, or Matt Moore, the Vikings defense is going to have a really tough challenge in front of them this week. So uh, speaking of challenges, Kirk Cousins. Last month has been great. He was the NFC Offensive Player of the Month. But here comes the butt. <laughs> he did it against the Lions. Worst pass defense uh, statistically. He did it against the Giants. They're 25th. I mean, you, you go through, he didn't exactly beat the who's who. Even Philly is 21st in pass defense this year. I'm still, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm heavily invested in this Vikings team. They were my pick. We did our favorite over under the year. It was the Vikings. I bet on them to win the NFC North. I have a future on Delvin Cook. I, I got all kinds of things tied up on this Vikings team. But I'm waiting for the other Kirk to show up. You sound like a Vikings fan, not a Bears yeah, I know. fan. Yeah, no, but you bring up valid points. I mean, that's the thing with Kirk Cousins. He he has stretches of very good football games, and we've seen it. He's the uh, player of the month for the NFC the month of October, and it was well deserved. He played exceptionally well. But like you said, how does he do against the top competition in the NFL? How does he do on the road? How does he do in prime time? Had a pretty good game in primetime against uh, Washington last Thursday. And then again, there's another but, but it was the Washington Redskins. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if the only way Kirk Cousins is going to shut up Kirk Cousins' detractors is for him to play well against a good team when it really matters. The Kansas City Chiefs are a really good team, mm-hmm. and it matters. The Vikings are one game behind Green Bay. They cannot afford to lose any ground. And these next two games against uh, Kansas City in Kansas City and the Dallas Cowboys in mm-hmm. Dallas are, are going to be... Uh, very much um, prove-it games for, for Cousins detractors. Now, do I think he can play well? Yes, I do. Um, I, I think the Vikings offense matches up very well against the Chiefs defense. They are not very good against the run, and I don't know if you guys have heard about this guy named Dalvin Cook. He's pretty good running the football. <laughs> yeah, I think other than McCaffrey, maybe the best running back in the game right now. I, I, I think so. I think that's a, that's a fair argument to have. And 
So for the Vikings to be successful Sunday, they're going to have to be. I think they're going to have to run the ball and and eat a bunch of clock. But there are going to be times when Kansas City will take the run away. They're just going to. And the question now is, can Kirk Cousins make throws when he has to? Hmm. Against Chicago, he didn't. And and that's just a plain, simple fact. He's got, hopefully, Adam Thielen coming back. That's looking more and more positive with each passing day. He was that's limited good. in practice yesterday. He's made some great throws over the past month. If he can continue to do that, and, he, and they don't need Kirk Cousins to win the game. He doesn't need to throw for 400 yards. He needs to take care of the football and make throws when he has to make throws. If he can do that, the Vikings have a very, very good chance on Sunday against Kansas City. What's the weakest link of this uh, offensive line? I mean, uh, Elfline has he certainly had his struggles. I mean, it depends who is the, you know the team that they're up against. Washington, uh, they seem to just you know push him around a little bit. Is he? And I didn't think I'd be saying this because I like the move. And they obviously when they drafted Bradbury, that's going to get Elfline to the left guard. I thought he would excel there and solidify that position. Is he the problem? on this offensive line still? Right now, as, as much as it pains me to say that, being an Ohio State dude as well, um, yeah. I, I will say, though, but, again, he had a couple of really ticky-tack holding calls on him uh, last Thursday against Washington. I don't know if you guys saw the game. There were a couple legit ones, but there were a couple you are like, what is the referee seeing? But all in all, um, if, if there's a weak spot, yeah, it would probably be Elfline. But I will say... He doesn't play bad for an entire game. It's you know a a play here or a series there. It's he's getting more consistent as as the season goes along. And I I don't know if you're a big believer in pro football focus, but they had at the halfway mark the Vikings as the eleventh eleventh best line in the NFL. So overall, the Vikings offensive line play has has really improved over the last year and and probably the year before. So yeah, Elf Line is probably still a weak link, but I don't think it's as bad as it's being made out to be by a lot of the the national pundits or whatever. I only believe in pro football focus when uh, it actually helps out my narrative, and then uh, other times it's garbage. That's <laughs> that's how I work with PFF. Hey, we'll get you out on this. Ted Glover joining us from the Daily Norseman. Ted, uh, another arrest for an organization that's given us the love boat and the Wizenator. This one uh, doesn't have quite the headlines, but J. Ron Curse arrested DUI and an unregistered firearm. Guy that has seen his playing time defensively go down, but a pretty good special teamer. Expect Curse to be out there as a beneficial word? I I think so. And I, it, again, I, I think his playing time was determined more or less by what the, the opposing offense was doing, not so much what um, okay. what Curse can do or not do. And, and you know, he's got two really good safeties in front of him in, in, in Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris. Yeah, he's he been playing a lot in nickel. And now with you know guys like Mike Hughes back and Holton Hills coming back, Curse was kind of this big nickel safety guy. More, I don't want to say out of necessity, but yeah, kind of out of necessity. Now that now that um, um, you know these guys are coming back from injuries, I, I can see why his playing time went down. So yeah, we'll see. I, I don't, I don't, I know Mike Zimmer was really irritated, and they might deactivate him just to make a statement because yeah, this was historically this franchise has had off the field issues, but. Under Mike Zimmer and, and the, the Wolf ownership in general, uh, that that stuff has really gone by the wayside. So this is kind of out of character for, for this team now, which is nice to say for once. Uh, Ted Glover, DailyNorseman.com. Ted, I couldn't agree with uh, you more. One of your earlier points, we'll know a lot more about Kirk Cousins at Kansas City this, this week, at Dallas, Sunday Night Football Prime next timer. week. Uh, Ted, we'll talk to you in advance of that game. Thank you, Ted Glover. Appreciate it, as always.
Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Yep, you do the same. Uh, Daily Norseman for Ted Glover. Uh, Bama Bob is coming up, Trent, but... Yes, that sounder means it's time to put another $1,000 in your bull bankroll. Text the keyword SUPER. That's SUPER to 200-200 right now. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Around college football with Bama Trent and I. When we come back, Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station. 14 KXNO. Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, this is 1460 KXNO. I screwed this up. You missed the Bama sounder. All right, all right, all right. Come on, we got to do this right, TC. We've had a hell of a week. There you go. Is that better? Way better. I was calling our Claxons winner. I was doing an air check there. Jeff called in. He was the winner last week. Tied Chris. Who uh, lost the tiebreaker? He had one. So Jeff gets the thirty-five. Chris twenty-five. And you we'll got do it. it. Somebody else. A couple other people. In about twenty minutes, we'll get that next chance to win Claxton's barbecue. Bama Bob, that's a better intro for you. How are you? Turn it up. <laughs> Turn it up, indeed. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> Bama. Before we get into the slate of games this week, and I know that you know, it's kind of getting not killed out there, but uh, a lot of folks, this isn't the best week. It's, it's a week of college football for crying out loud. We only yeah. get so few of them, right? Enjoy every single one, and we found some games to talk about, and we will. But before we do that, uh, just your thoughts on Baylor, Bama. I don't know how much you saw of West Virginia Baylor last night. West Virginia. They got to get back on that airplane thinking what might have been last night. But Baylor, there they are sitting on top of the Big 12. You buying that? Yeah. I mean, listen, and it starts with their defense, Kenny. We've talked about it a couple of times. When you, you don't, you, I can't remember the last time, maybe Mike Singletary, for God's sake, <laughs> the last time you thought defense when you thought of Baylor. But they are really good on defense. And, you know, Matt Rule has, he's building that team kind of in an image of what he had at Temple. And it hasn't taken him long. And, and I, I mean, that was impressive. I know a lot of people are going to look at it and go, man, okay, they were favored by 18, they only won by three, whatever. I mean, listen, these games happened. Ask Oklahoma if they were to take it a three point win against Kansas mm. State last week. Okay. So, I mean, it, it's just these things happen game to game. But, you know, Thursday night, kind of an odd sort of time to play, um, you know, it, it. these things happen. But I, I'm buying Baylor. I mean, I, and again, I. it's because of their defense, and I would have never thought it. Much like Oregon in the Pac-12, I mean, the, this team is playing good defense. And, you know, that, to me, that's going to keep them in a lot of games because you just cannot win every – 58 to 55 shootout that you're in. You're you're much more likely to to win a game like this, I think, than you are these these crazy shootouts that we've seen in the past. So I'm I'm in on them. Um, and man, they're in the driver's seat. They mm. talk about a team yep. that controls their fate. They control their fate. No doubt about it. And the winner of the cocktail party tomorrow will as well, Bama, Florida, Georgia. Yes. This is the battle for the uh, SEC East for the opportunity to face either LSU or Alabama. Uh, let's go to the cocktail party. How do you see Florida and Georgia? This is a this is an interesting game, Ken. I mean, both have had bye weeks, so both have you know been able to you know. You would think any bruises or whatever. Florida's going to get two really key pass rushers back in Grenard and Zlinga, who did not play. Neither one of them played. Grenard played like a series at LSU and re-injured that ankle. Um, Zlinga didn't play at all. 
these guys, I mean, listen, to me, all the pressure is on Georgia. They were the preseason, what, number one in a lot of – not really number one, but, you know, number two, number three mm-hmm. all year. They, they lose at South Carolina. Their season is on the line not only for the playoff but for the conference. And I can tell you right now, Georgia fans are not going to be happy if they can't even play for the SEC championship. Forget much less the playoff. And uh, I just – Florida, to me, is a more physical team. Georgia has more talent. They have more, more explosive playmakers. Um, but Florida up front, man, they're, they're tough. And had those two pass rushers played against LSU, I'm not saying the outcome would have been different, but they would have made a difference, uh, and putting some pressure on Joe Burrow. And listen, Trask has come in for Felipe Franks and he's done everything you wanted him to. There was the whole question, are they going to be better with him? A lot of people wanted to change. You, you never, and again, I go back to, I don't want to, I can't stress this enough. I'm never happy. Nobody should be happy with an injury that happened to Franks and the type of it. Nobody. I don't care if you like the player, don't like the player. The bottom line is he got injured. There were questions being asked already, and this is Trask's team. We talked about it at the time. The one benefit that I thought you would have is there is no controversy anymore. With Franks out for the year, this is Trask's team. He's taken it. I think he's played very well. He played really well against LSU, I thought, Um Couple bad throws, it's going to happen, and they just, you know, cost them points. But this game to me tomorrow is a lot of fun. I, Georgia's favored by six and a half. I'm, I would take the points. Uh, you know, I don't know where Trent leans on this. Well, but, we'll find uh, out here I momentarily. Just, yeah, I just think that um, all the pressures on Georgia, not a lot of pressure on Florida. I'm taking Florida the points. Would not surprise me to see Florida win this game outright. No, nor would it me. How about you, Trent? I, I love this game at the beginning of the week. It was one of the favorite opening lines that I saw when it was five and a half, and I'm like, oh yeah, I think Georgia certainly is a touchdown better. But as the week has gone on, you know, listening to more, reading more about this matchup, I'm with you guys. So initial gut reaction was Georgia all the way. Certainly second thinking myself. Uh, one thing, speaking of betting, I loved this over under open at 48. Under all day long. It's 45 now. Uh, Loved it at 48. That was one of my first bets that I jumped on this week. I think this is going to be more in that 20 to 17 range, Mm -hmm. 17, 13. I think this is going to be a slugfest. All right, Trent, let's go to the Pac-12 and uh, put you up first on this one. I know you have an opinion on Utah-Washington. I do, and uh, this will be one of my picks coming up with our picks at the end of the show. Utah, really good story. Had the still head scratching loss to USA, just the way they played that game. Mm-hmm. Not that they lost it, but it was more the fashion, the way that game played out here. But Chris Peter- Peterson in the spot, he has been great. Coming off a of bye, going back to his days of Boise and now at Washington. How about this? We talk about Andy Reid coming off a of bye. Chris Peterson's 18 and 0 as a head coach coming off a of bye. Give me the Huskies. Woof, woof. They win this thing outright. <laughs> uh, and Huntley, the quarterback for Utah, was injured, but apparently is going to play. Is that what you've seen? Yes. He is going to play. Bama, give us uh, your take on Utah-Washington. Yeah, this is a this is a tough spot for Utah. Uh, I tend to lean with Trent Washington at home. I didn't know the stat on Peterson. That's you know that's unbelievable. It's kind of mm-hmm. like Saban against his former assistants. Right. However, at some point, you are that streak's going to end, and – I don't know where Washington is. I don't know where Jacob Eason is. I mean, they basically they, they had the win against Oregon really to save their season last week. They were up 10, I think, in the fourth quarter and lose that game. Or they were up 10 at some point late in the second half and, and, and find a way to lose that game. It generally doesn't happen. I don't know about Eason. I don't know where he is. I do like their defense. Again, 
that Oregon Washington game, I know it finished thirty five thirty one, but that I watched a, a really good bit of that game and it was it was physical for a yeah. Pac twelve team. Crystal Ball you know, I mean, you know, Peterson has said that's what he wants. Okay, and, and they are more physical than they have been. If Hunley is completely healthy and you know, Zach Moss is back, this is a rematch of the title game last year, it was ten three. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think you'd talk you talk and win and would prefer uh 17-13 kind of game. Uh, I tend to lean. I, I I get the stats. I get Washington at home. They've got nothing to play for, really. Oregon's really essentially won the Pac-12 North, mm-hmm. so maybe a little pressure's off that way. There is some pressure on Utah. They got to keep up with USC. They got to pass USC for God's sake. So they they need the win. I'm going to lean Utes in this one, even though it's a really tough place to play. And you would be really surprised if Washington dropped back to back home games, uh, especially as Prince says coming off a bye. But I'm taking the Utes, and they're three-point favorites, which is crazy. Yeah, Washington, you bat me, I think you're the salient point there. There's Oregon's, it's their division. Washington, I think they're one it of is. the more disappointing teams in college football. Look, yeah. they're going to have a really good record, probably 8-4, and 9-3, and three, but expectations were crazy. Bama, All let's, conference losses. Yeah, yeah there you the go. Everything, every loss in the conference. Good point. Let's stay in that conference. Don't look now. Uh, USC is is leading the South. Uh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> They're going to play the North leaders. We could see this game twice. Oregon USC. We'll see it tomorrow for sure. How will you see it, Bama? Well, you you stole my thunder there, Ken. I mean, this could be a title game preview, yeah. and we talked about it last week. USC could screw up everything for the Pac-12. Oregon still, and and to an extent, Utah still in the playoff hunt. I think Oregon for sure. Um, but, you know, USC wins tomorrow, and all of a sudden they are the favorite in the Pac-12 South, I think, particularly if, you know, Washington beats Utah, USC beats Oregon. Now all of a sudden USC's got a two-game lead. Uh, I know there's another team, I think, with one loss. I'm not exactly sure who it is. can't remember. Uh, but their schedule at Arizona State, at Cal, UCLA, very manageable after this, talking about the Trojans. Um Big big game not only for Oregon but for the entire conference that they and Oklahoma opened the door last week for the Pac twelve, yes, I think. I agree. You know, they, they went out and you know, they, they need to win out, they need Utah to win out, and all of a sudden now you've got a Pac twelve championship game with a little juice. And and you may not need anything any other chaos to happen. I mean it could just be that simple that a Pac twelve one loss Pac twelve team could get in over an Alabama or an LSU with a loss that didn't win the conference. It's that it's that big of a game. I don't know. I mean, I've I've been impressed. every time I've doubted USC this year, they've won. I had no way I thought they beat Utah and they did. Um Clay Helton's done a great job. Again, we talked about it, Urban Meyer sitting out there. Um I, I don't know where to go with this. I really don't have a pick. I do like Oregon's defense and I love Herbert. Uh, if you made me, I would probably take the points, and if you made me take a pick, I'd pick the Ducks. Hmm. How about you, Trent Condon? It's a fun game. Very fun game. Freshman quarterback Slovis? He's been pretty good. Yeah. And what he's been able to do, do it in the passing game up the field with those big receivers, and USC's got a yeah. slew of those. After seeing what Washington State did last week against that Oregon secondary, I think USC is going to be right there. This is a four-quarter game. This is going to come down to the wire. Who makes the play late? But I think this is going to be nip and tuck right to the end with that. I certainly like USC in the points in the Coliseum. And another thing, 
USC has been a different team at, at home. home. Yes, and this is going to be at the Coliseum. With that, I definitely like USC in the points at the very least. All right, we got like three minutes left, guys, and we got a lot of ground to cover. Oh, and uh, I love this game. Well, we're going to get into it, Trent. It's, it's the marquee game. This is where ABC. They just showed a shot from Beale Street, and it looked great. Didn't it, it did. Yeah, that's the place to be. Uh, what about the game itself? SMU Memphis, Trent. You know, uh, this this SMU squad has been a nice story, but they have get, been getting through a couple of different times by the skin of their teeth. Memphis, a more accomplished program here of recent history. I think Memphis at home, going to be a great environment inside the Liberty Pole. I think they're just the better team. Though SMU has the better record, I think SMU, uh, Memphis, excuse me, is the better team, and you're going to see that Saturday night. How about you, Bama? Uh, This is a tough one for me. Uh, Listen, you're talking about surviving. Memphis needed Tulsa to hook a 29-yard field goal last week to win that game. SMU needed the same against Tulsa earlier this year in overtime. Yeah, I mean, other... Exactly. So, otherwise, SMU's got a two-game lead. I tend to agree with you. The line six points. Um, I don't. I mean, I can see this being a three-four point game. I think SMU's going to keep pace. Uh, they've done just a fabulous job down there. They're eight and zero. One of the what three-four and I don't know how many undefeateds are left, but there's not a ton of them, and they're still out there. This this is a monster game in terms of a New Year's Day bid. Yep. And I tend to be with you. I think Bill Street. I mean, it's a party atmosphere anyway. Memphis doesn't get a lot of attention. Game day is there. Um, I just, you know, it's ABC primetime, if you will, mm-hmm. 630, maybe a little early for primetime, whatever. I mean, I just, I, I like Memphis in this spot. I, I tend to agree with you. I think they're the better team. SMU has found a way to win all eight games. I think that comes to an end tomorrow. I would probably take SMU in the points. Just because I again I think they can keep up, but this this is one of those how you know group of five that's fun. I mean I love game day being there. I love it being on ABC. Memphis is a great party city, very underrated party city uh, in terms of you know it's New Orleans North if you will. Uh, so there's gonna be a lot of fans there, a lot of interest. Great stadium in the Liberty Bowl holds a lot of people. Think it'll be packed. Give me the Tigers to win and. Uh, I'll take the point, so with SMU. Bama, 20 seconds on it. I have to throw this one out here because somebody is going to win the Coastal Division of the ACC. <laughs> I Vir- still want them all to tie up 4-4. Four four. <laughs> they could all finish 4-4. Four and four. Virginia, look, at Mac Brown's got a chance here. He really does. North Carolina, they win this game. They're in the driver's seat. Will they? The game's at the, uh, the, the, the UNC is at home. Yeah, I like UNC in this. I, Virginia, I mean, I was with Trent. At the beginning of the year, I was on them. I thought they were the best team in this division. They haven't really shown it. They've had some injuries. You know, Perkins, I understand. Um, they just have been really inconsistent. And listen, again, driver's seat, same thing. They got a chance to go on the road and get a big win tomorrow, put themselves probably uh, in contention for to play Clemson. I, I thought they were the better team at the beginning of the year. I have no idea who's better now. So, I mean, I, you know, Give me Mac Brown. You know, at least yeah. give me Mac Brown going up against Dabo in the championship game. Maybe he can pull some magic. I doubt it because they've already played, yep. you know, that close game yet. It's almost like he had a shot and he <laughs> couldn't do it. I doubt he's going to be get him do it the second time, but anyway. I'm with you. Uh, all right, uh, let's let's do this. I got to get sneaky good game in here. I love this part of the segment. Trent, your sneaky good game is what? Al, you're looking for something early. It'll be at least a close game, I believe. Boston College at Syracuse. You love your ACC. There you go, Ken Miller. Uh, sneaky good game there. Bama, sneaky good game for you. I'm going to go total homer on this one. I'm going to go six o'clock SEC Network. Knoxville, Tennessee, UAB ah. at seven and one. 
defending Conference USA champions off a bye week, taking on Tennessee, who is getting better, but they're count they're they're counting this as a win towards six to get them bowl eligible, and they better not overlook the Blazers because uh, it is just that that's an unbelievable story what this team has done from their self-imposed death toll in the last few years. That's no a good doubt. one. I've got a couple of teams, both of them, I would put in the getting better category. Kansas hosting K-State. We love that game. This oh, game. We fun. Do. Absolutely. Bama, fun, we're, fun, fun. we're out of time, brother. We, uh, we'll talk to you Monday at 11. We'll recap the week and get set for just an amazing upcoming week uh, of college football. Enjoy the weekend, Bama Bob. Thank you. Always enjoy it, guys. Take care. So do we. Thank you, Bama Bob, as we talk college football with our buddy Bama Bob. Uh, Friday at this time, and then Monday morning, we will recap it all. Are you ready, Trent Condon? Let's do it. Let's give away some barbecue. Indeed. Claxons makes it possible. We'll take four callers right now. You know the drill, 284-5966. We'll give you four games and a tiebreaker if you get the most right, as Jeff did last week at 3-1. and one. He'll get himself $35 worth of uh, barbecue from Claxons. The runner-up, who was our runner-up this week? Chris. Chris. Or last week, rather, Chris gets uh, 25 bucks, and it came down to the tiebreaker, did it, it not? It did, yeah. David Montgomery rushing yards last week, and Chris went with one. He was trying to take under everybody uh, else. He was the guy. And he got clubbed. It backfired on old Chris. Well, uh, four of you right now, if you're getting a ring, you are in. If you're getting a busy signal, you're going to have to wait until next week, unless Trent finds one that's trying to sneak in there for the second time in 30 days, and he will disqualify him. Uh, we'll do Claxons next. Miller and Condon till noon. It's 14th.com. <laughs> 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Con, the Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Charter House Realty sponsors our picks. They're coming up in about five minutes. We'll also hear from Mark Charter. He's got a three-pack for us again this week. But right now, it's time to give our audience an opportunity to strut their stuff. Claxton's Barbecue is going to give away a $35 and a $25 gift certificate. We will give our contestants four games and a tiebreaker. Whoever gets the most right will get $35 worth of fantastic barbecue at Claxton's. Folks, they've been in business over 20 years, approaching 25 years in Altoona. If you're a restaurant with a quarter of a century, you have stood the test of time. You must have good food, and they do. Uh, Ron, Tyler, Jim, and Chris, in that order, Ron is up first. Ron, welcome to the program. How was your week? Oh, the Blackhawks are not doing so good, so it's okay. But I'm glad Houston lost, so it's happening. Doing okay. Well, as a fan of another team in the Central Division, the Jets, I feel your pain as both of our teams and the Wild. They, all, the, all three of our teams suck. All right, here we go. Uh, Nebraska, three-and-a-half-point favorite over Purdue. I hate the red. I hate Nebraska. So go Purdue. K State's a six and a half point favorite at Kansas. Kansas hasn't shown me much. I'll go with Kansas State. Okay, the Chiefs are a two and a half point favorite over Minnesota. Not sure on Pat Mahomes, but two and a half Chiefs are favored. Uh, uh, do you know how the weather's going to be? Look outside. Chili. Okay, I'll go with the I'll go with the Vikings. <laughs> okay, uh, Philadelphia hosts the Bears. Philly four and a half point favorite. Bears can't win anybody. I'll take Philadelphia. All right, here's the tiebreaker, uh, Ron. Closest without going over total points Sunday night football. Baltimore versus New England. Thirty-two. Thirty-two. Ron, have a good weekend. 
We do. Thank you. Tyler is next. Tyler, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing fine. Thank you. Nebraska, three and a half at Purdue. I'll go with Nebraska. K-State's a six and a half point favorite at Kansas. Um, you know, Lee's had a horrible year for his clients this year, so I'm going to fade Lee okay. and say the right, te- the right team is favored. Give me K-State. And we appreciate you listening, by the way, as you tuned in yesterday yeah. for that. Uh, Kansas, uh, the Chiefs are two and a half point favorite over the Vikings. Uh, Vikings. Eagles, four and a half over the Bears. Um, I was at the Bears game last week, and it was uh, Boo Bird City last weekend, but I'm going to give them one more shot. Give me the Bears. All right. Hey, how about the total points on Sunday night? Closest without going over? Uh, 42. 42. Tyler, have a good weekend. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Better fan than me. Yeah, you're not going down that road, are you? Not giving them another shot. Uh, Jim is up next. Hey, Jim. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, thank you. Uh, Nebraska, three-and-a-half-point favorite at Purdue. I'll say Nebraska. K-State's in Lawrence. K-State's a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Kansas. Chiefs, two-and-a-half over the Vikings at Arrowhead. Chiefs. Eagles host the Bears. Eagles are a four-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm going to say the Bears. Sunday night football, New England at Baltimore. Total points, closest without going over. 38. Thanks, Jim. Have a good weekend. Yep, you too. Thanks. Thank you. And uh, Chris brings Claxons to a close for another week. Hey, Chris. Let's do it. Nebraska's three and a half over Purdue. Purdue. K-State six and a half over Kansas. Kansas State. K-State two and a half point favorite over the Vikings. Vikings. Eagles four and a half point favorite over the Bears. Bears. And how many points in Sunday night football Patriots, Ravens. 39. 39. Chris, have a good weekend. Thanks. Appreciate you playing. Appreciate Claxons for allowing uh, four of our audience to members to play on a weekly basis. All right. Mark Charter, Charterhouse Realty. They sponsor our picks. But before we get to those, Mark Charter chimes in. Mark Charter's Best Bets, brought to you by Charterhouse Real Estate. Make your best bet by calling Charterhouse. Stop paying 6 to 7% to sell your home. Charterhouse offers a full-service real estate experience while saving you thousands. Find out your savings at charterhouseiowa.com. Hey, everybody. Mark with Charterhouse here, and here are the three picks that I love this week. I'm going to take the Florida Gators in the state of Florida, plus 6.5 against the Georgia Bulldogs. Florida has one of the best defenses in the country, and Georgia is struggling as of late, so give me the Gators plus 6.5. Moving out west, we'll take the Washington Huskies plus 3.5 at home against the Utah Utes. These two teams have played a combined 13 times, and Washington has won 12 of those 13. They have simply dominated Utah. I look for them to win the game outright or at least keep it closer than the 3.5 points. Wrapping up, we'll head to the NFL, where I'm always going to take the Patriots when they don't have to win by many points. That is the case this week against the Baltimore Ravens. Patriots are minus 3.5 at Baltimore. I'm going to take Tom Brady over Lamar Jackson every chance I get, as well as the hoodie, Bill Belichick, to cover that spread. Patriots minus 3.5. Good luck, everyone, on your picks. There's Mark Charter with his weekly picks. Let's get into ours. I will lead things off here. After a two and three, I still have the T box, but twenty-seven and eighteen against the number on the year will look to be better here this week. We'll start in the college game as we go first to a team that I just continue to fade. They are 
one of the few winless left in college football. The Rice Owls now 0-8. Marshall comes in after a huge performance out of them last week. Give me the Thundering Herd, and I'll lay the 10.5. It was my sneaky good game of the week in 11 o'clock window. Ken's looking for another game to be flipping him back and forth to. The ACC Network, Steve Adazio, needs this game to get Boston College bowl eligible. You're getting three and a half in this matchup. Give me the Eagles. BC runs the football and Adazio keeps his season alive and his job alive for another week. To the NFL, another weekly annuity for me. It's Indianapolis. This time they're on the road. That's a good thing for the Indianapolis Colts team. They have been much better this season. On the road, they go to Pittsburgh. I'm still not a believer in what they have out there after the injury to Roethlisberger. Just haven't seen enough out of Mason Rudolph. I'll lay the point and take the Colts and finishing up with the Seahawks in the NFL. The Sharps all across the country are all on the Buccaneers. Hey, I am still just a Joe. I am no pro. I'm jumping on the side of the public. Give me the Seahawks laying the five at home against Tampa. My best bet of the week, I gave you the stat earlier. This pick also the Mark Charter is on. Washington Huskies plus three and a half. Give me the Huskies 18-0 during the season. Chris Peterson coming off a bye. I'm going to play that trend again. Give me the Huskies plus the three and a hook. Take it away, Ken. All right. Thank you, Trent. And uh, we have one game that's exactly the same. I'll start in the NFL. And it's the uh, it's the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I'll lay the points. Tampa Bay coming all the way across the country. That is a long, long trip. Seattle, they're still, look, I don't think they're the best team in the NFC West. I think probably the Niners have proved enough to, uh, to hold that distinction. I'll take Seattle, lay the five and a half. Denver Broncos are awful. Have I said that before? Time or two. <laughs> uh, Cleveland has to win. Brandon Allen. Who? Brandon Allen is the quarterback for the Denver Broncos this week. Yep, it's gotten that bad. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Uh, Cleveland, uh, lay the points and take the Brownies over the Broncos. I'll save my NFL best bet for the end. Let's go to the college ranks. This is must-win time for Nebraska. Purdue is so banged up, I don't think Rondell Moore is going to play. I think Adrian Martinez is going to play. Nebraska's got four. They need two more. They've got this one. And then I don't know if they've got another. But uh, they can take one step forward on the road, lay the three and a half, to give me the Huskers. I'm going to go a different direction in the SEC. I know that this uh, U.S. Uh, in the Pac-12, rather, I know USC is a different football team at home, and they are. I like this Oregon team. A freshman quarterback for USC. Michael Pittman Jr. is one of the best receivers in college football, period. So everybody that says USC has some weapons, they are right. Oregon's got some guys in their own right. I'll take Oregon, lay the four. My best bet is in the NFL. Carolina Panthers just got drummed last week. They get home. I think that's what cures them. Tennessee's got Ryan Tannehill. He's on a bit of a winning streak. This can't continue, can it? No, of course it can't. Give me the Panthers, three and a half. Uh, over the Tennessee Titans. There's my picks. One of these weeks, I'm going to get the tee box back. I think I had it the first two weeks of the season. You did. And you've been teeing off before me on our picks ever since that week. I got really hot, had that hot stretch there during late September, early October. Have floundered the last two weeks, a two and three both weeks. But I like the card this week. I, I like a lot of games, a lot of opinions. Sometimes these are the weeks when you don't have, especially college, that slew of great games. I think you can find plenty of value out there this week. Speaking of can't find a great game, look at tonight. I mean, it's Friday night. You'd think Navy and UConn is the best. There's only two. Princeton, Cornell, Navy, and UConn. UConn's winless 
Right? I think they're winless in the AAC. they got to be. They're awful. They're awful. The Navy's okay, but man, I, I think it's live PD for me. Live PD, or you can listen to high school football tonight. Well, I didn't know I had that option. Go Where to YouTube you and uh, search on CISN. You'll find Southeast Polk against Ankeny High. I'll have that one. Also, the Waukee matchup will be the stream available for that. Well, that decides it then. I'm going to listen to my radio. boy, Because I can't get enough of you, Trent Condon. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. Uh, Hanks and O'Post game tomorrow at 8. Morning Rush will start another week at 6. Happy